Hey, this is Chris. Don't skip ahead to the episode yet. We're conducting a listener survey of people listening to RCV clips. First-timers, long-timers, occasional listeners, anybody. Please fill out the survey linked to in the show notes for this episode to help us make RCV clips even better. Thanks! Welcome to the January 2023 episode of RCV Clips, our podcast about all things ranked choice voting. I'm Kelly, a member of the Resource Center staff, and in today's episode, I'll be talking with Tad Milburn about his ranked choice voting platform, rankedvote.co. Tad, thanks for joining us today. Thanks for having me, Kelly. It's great to be here. Yeah, we're, it's good to see you too. I haven't seen you in the new year, so I'm glad to be back in, in the podcasting seat. <laughs> So let's jump right into our discussion. And I always like to start with this sort of this question or framing. How did you get interested in ranked choice voting to begin with? Well, uh, you know, so for me, I'm, uh, I think it's helpful to say that my worldview is, is a pretty optimistic one. You kind of need that to, to be an entrepreneur. And um, you can look at sort of the gridlock and stalemate in our government and feel like, hey, this is, this is not a very optimistic point of view. This is kind of coming from a pessimistic or a cynical state. And I'm the kind of person where it's like, you know, I like to build with Legos. Uh, you know, hey, I've got this skill. I'm good at this. You're good at that. Let's get together and build something great. And that is not what we're seeing in our governance outcomes. And so I think it was like 2018, 2019, and kind of mulling that problem because that's the the sort of thing that I'm into. And uh, you know, I've spent my professional career in Silicon Valley working in tech. And one of the techniques that we uh, you know get taught, or I got taught there, is called root cause analysis, which is really just a fancy way of saying like pretend you're a five year old and ask why, 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 why um, until you get to the foundation of something. And so I started to ask myself, like, well, why is there this gridlock? And I started to delve into more sort of voting issues, uh, you know, low voter turnout, gerrymandering, super important topics for, um, you know, sort of the how representative our sort of electoral outcomes are. But I also didn't feel like it didn't explain necessarily the gridlock and the lack of decision making because, you know, politics is really making decisions on things we can't agree on. They're, they're by nature controversial. And what really became the aha moment for me was when I got into the electoral rules themselves and this notion that plurality voting, most votes wins, actually had these, created these dynamics that would lead to gridlock. And so it was interesting to me because my whole life, like just that's just the way you vote. You vote for one, the person with the most votes wins. Like it makes a certain sense. And it was uh, uh, quite a, an epiphany for me to realize okay, wait, when these are the rules of the game, you end up with a binary outcome. You end up with two candidates against each other. And if you apply a little game theory on that, the way you win is by exciting your base and trashing your opponent. Now, leaving aside the fact that this gives people a negative taste for civics and voting, um, it is uh, just not great um, for, for anyone involved. But that's like, that's, just the the strategy to win. It is proven time and time and again. And the way to win that sort of election, you need to raise money and you need to excite your base and you need to raise money from them. So you need these controversial topics. And so I guess what I'm trying to say there is that like it creates this environment where you're not incented to get things done 
you keep the controversies alive and you use that to either raise money from your base or bash your opponent. And that's like, okay, well, is there a different way of doing things? And so Maine had started using ranked choice voting and had used it in, I think, one or maybe two elections at that point. But I was like, oh, this is changing the rules of the game. You can do this. It's not like, it's not illegal. Um, Again, I had grown up my whole life with most votes win. I was just not aware that there were other ways of doing it. And had that second sort of aha where with ranked choice voting, different electoral strategies can win. Playing for second becomes a viable strategy. You don't just have to appeal to your base and excite them. You need to go a little bit beyond that. And so while it's not a panacea or anything, for me, why I got excited about it was that, wait, maybe this creates a little bit of space, a little bit of opening for people to be able to govern and to win elections by showing what they've done, as opposed to having the controversies stay alive. You know, that really resonates with me because I come from a candidate campaign management background, um, helped manage some campaigns in North Carolina statewide um, back in the early 2000s. And, And so much of our time was spent mitigating negative talk from the other candidate or, you know, figuring out how to overcome those things that, that lead to gridlock. And um, so I, I think this that ranked choice voting definitely offers that viability of, yeah, actually, you know what, we can figure out where our similarities are. Um, so out of that interest in ranked choice voting, you had a great idea. <laughs> Tell us about this great idea. <laughs> uh, well, thank you for referring to it as a great idea. So keep, skipping ahead in the story, I've created a web platform called Ranked Vote. Uh, it's kind of like SurveyMonkey if it only does ranked choice voting, uh, sort of like the Model T back in the day. Any color you want as long as it's black. Um, so it allows you to do surveys online um, and collect votes from any of the people that you're wanting to collect votes from. And it does that with a ranked choice ballot. And then it calculates a ranked choice result. Uh, and so where this idea came from is where I think any of your listeners can actually, you know, draw some action uh, out of this, which is to, to ask yourself, like, where can I have a unique impact? With my particular set of skills, inadvertently quoting Liam Neeson there, but with your skills, uh, what can you do to have an outsized impact? And I imagine, Kelly, that's part of why you work at the Resource Center with your particular set of skills. You can have an outsized impact inside of that organization. For me, with a history working in technology, and getting a front row seat to really, really see small teams. I mean, a handful of individuals, sometimes even a single person, using software to impact millions of people's lives. And uh, because I've been in and around it, it just seems like, of course you can do that. And so I had this idea of, you know, kind of a sort of like online survey software, but it only does ranked choice voting. And if I could create that as a web app, then people would use that the original thought was like uh, um, middle school, high school elections. And what I've had the good fortune of finding out over time is that it really can be used for anything where you've got a group or organization where everyone's vote is more or less equal. But that was the idea. Build a web platform that allows millions of people to get a taste for ranked choice voting. So... You're right. I, I think building your passion into the work you're doing, particularly, and I've been in nonprofit for a long time, um, 
to find where you can make the most impact. That's powerful stuff. And that, you know, you can really reach far more people than you realize by doing that. And clearly you're, you are, and um, which is interesting because we use rankedvote.co in our family. <laughs> uh, we have a large family and we have some significant others who've joined us this year. And so we used it at Thanksgiving to decide what dessert to serve after dinner. So um, of course, Oreo cheesecake won, which was my first choice. I'm so glad about that. <laughs> of, of course, that sounds like, I, I think I would assume that the party establishment wanted pumpkin pie. 100%. And, and, and it did take a few rounds of counting. So um, I was really excited to share, even though, you know, there were a few enough of us that, a, that one of my sons was like, mom, we know what's going to win. <laughs> I said, well, you know what? The process is what's so important. Use the ranked choice, rankedvote.co, and um, we'll see how the outcome turns out. But um, and I've used it with my tennis team too. You know, we needed to find a date to get together, um, and that's you know, twelve women out in the world now who understand or who know how to use ranked choice voting. So uh, you know, it's certainly a tool that can be used across lots of different lines. Um, we use it at the resource center quite a bit um, to run um, these these great monthly or sometimes quarterly. Um, ranked choice voting contest. So you know, I'm excited that we have this tool to use. And, and like you said, it can be used at universities. It can be used at high schools and middle schools and um, mitigate some of the issues that come along with um, a student council election um, that we know all, all about. <laughs> yeah. I, that's so heartening to hear. Like uh, just what you're doing is exactly what I hope, you know, listeners of this podcast would, would turn around and, and go do, which is like, Hey, how do you make this part of your day to day? That's kind of the unique role that ranked vote plays in this ecosystem. There are amazing groups like the resource center that help with, you know, implementation of ranked choice voting in real elections. There's groups like fair vote that are doing amazing things on the legislative side, but it is also all in sort of like the political sphere. And what ranked choice voting is, is really a decision-making tool. And what ranked vote does is bring that into the day-to-day. -day. It's can be used for dessert contests. I just did a little digging right before coming on of like, hey, what happened over the last 24 hours on ranked vote? Well, first off, over 6,000 people voted. So if you were to extrapolate that, like if every day was like January, uh, you know, early January date for the rest of 2023, over 2 million people are gonna cast a ranked choice ballot on this platform. That is people that are getting familiar with it, that are having a positive experience with it, and that's what kind of softens the ground for these reforms to happen and, and also defend against these kind of, you know, bad faith critiques where it's like, oh, it's confusing or it disenfranchises people. It's like, no, it's just like I used it to figure out dessert at Thanksgiving. Right? It, it was not hard. Um, and uh, so over 6,000 people voted. There uh, was an art contest at a steam camp run by a hockey team. I said all those things correctly. <laughs> art contest at a steam camp you know, uh, science, technology, art, uh, all that good stuff. Uh, the World Open Water Swimming Association, so this is a group of people who like to do things like swim the English Channel, they're running their Person of the Year awards. Uh, and there was even a person who it looked like were, was inviting her friends to decide on what fabric they should use for their bridesmaid dresses. So I was, I mean, this is just, and I just went in, and that was just yesterday, but it like, the sort of eclectic nature of that is the point. 
like you can use ranked choice voting to make all sorts of different types of decisions. And you can use ranked vote to just kind of easily run those things. So there's no reason why you can't use it with your family, use it with your clubs, use it with your organization, schools, uh, city, whatever. I'm going to be doing in in a couple weeks time uh, with the city of Madison, uh, where I'm based, they're doing a snowplow naming contest. Um, and so right now they're collecting names from the community. Of course, Snowy McSnowface and Plowy McPlowface are are in the running. But they're going to use ranked choice voting and ranked vote um, to engage the community. And likely thousands of people uh, in the Madison area are going to participate. I'll tell you more once it's all all done. But like, this is a great way to get your, I mean, solve the job that you're trying to make a decision. Like you need to make a decision. Ranked choice voting is a, is a tool to get there, but sort of subliminally more and more people are getting exposed to ranked choice voting through this and encourage listeners to think about ways you can do it with friends, family, and clubs you're a part of. I love that because one of the things that we often say when we are faced with the, the, you know, the thing that people say, Oh, nobody can understand ranked choice voting is too hard. Um, you know, we, we reply back with, hey, we make decisions in our lives every day. If you go to the grocery store and they don't have your normal kind of Ben and Jerry's ice cream that you love, then you go to your second choice or your third choice. Um, we've actually experienced that more since 2020 because of shortages and, and you know, things not being um, available quite as readily. Um, so, you know, I think people understand choice making and when they actually see it in practice, in a situation where you can look at how the results play out, you can see where um, your votes are moving, that that really can impact their understanding um, all around and make, you know, help people realize that it's, it's really not that hard of a process. So let's talk a little bit about how you connected in with the Resource Center. Um, so, you know, we've been around for about five years and how did you find us? Uh, yeah, uh, as with many things these days, it started with a Google search. Um, and so, uh, was, you know, finding out uh, once I kind of zone, uh, honed in on ranked choice voting is like, Hey, this is the thing that I think can have an impact. Then it became like, so what's the current state of things? And, uh, I was on the West coast at the time, uh, you know, fair vote was doing kind of a roaming tour. And so I heard a speech from Rob Ritchie and it was like, okay, this is pretty cool started digging into things online and ranked choice voting resource center comes, comes right up. And so it was particularly cool about it was that I saw that you were focusing on the implementation piece that you were looking at the very practical issues involved with operationalizing a real election. And I felt that just in general with most things, it's easy to talk about the idea. Is it like, Hey, we're going to have this reform and it's going to be great. Very few people really look at the barriers that exist in just kind of making like, can, can the voting machine read the paper? And if that's not true, and there's eight different decisions that need to be made to replace that voting machine, well, actually, that's your democracy or, or barrier to improving democracy. And so I thought it was just like, okay, so glad that there's a group focused on these things, and um, uh, reached out uh, to the resource center just to kind of learn more. And uh, I think Chris Hughes responded and I basically just said like, Hey, who, you know, can we chat? And we chatted. And then at the end of that, I was like, who else should I be talking to? And he provided four or five, six introductions with just got the ball rolling 
with the different rank choice uh, groups, nonprofits, advocacy folks that were sort of in the ecosystem. And that led to a lot of great relationships starting and me learning much more quickly what was going on. And, you know, hey, there's really this opportunity for a web-based platform to expose more people to ranked choice voting. That was critical for me to sort of understand the lay of the land of like, oh, wait, there's a gap here and I can fill it. I think you really have hit the nail on the head with making the connections is how this really came to be. And yeah, I, I like to think in, in all jobs, I think we have to make connections, but in, in nonprofit world and political reform, I think those are as important as a lot of the other tasks we do. And um, you know, being a connector is what we do here at the Resource Center um, to help remove the barriers for implementation wherever RCV is being used. So um, thank you for being a part of that too. So let's transition a little bit here. We've talked a lot about personal use of rankvote.co, but you've done some really cool things in the public realm as well. Can you tell us a little bit about how rankedvote.co has been used in voter education in areas or jurisdictions that have implemented ranked choice voting? Yeah. And uh, as I kind of said at the beginning of like, why did I create this? It was, it was really about softening the ground, exposing more people. But that's kind of like, if you were to think of it chronologically, like you need to do that to then get interest in the legislation, to then implement it and have the voter education phase. So I kind of viewed my role as sort of one degree removed. What was fantastic was that I had the mayor's office of New York City uh, reach out directly saying, uh, this is early 2021, saying, hey, uh, we've got this new style of voting coming for a mayoral primary in about six months. We need to educate voters beforehand, and um, we're wondering if your tool can, can be used for that. And of course, I say, yes, and great, and find out what are some of the specific stuff they need and work on building that stuff you know, over the, the, the months before it would be used, mainly things around uh, language translation. And so worked in tandem with uh, the mayor's office in New York City to translate the uh, ballot and the results page, which explains here's how illuminations work, here's how vote redistributions work, into the 17 most spoken languages in New York City. Uh, and um, it, it made it extremely accessible. There were uh, different groups, uh, Korean groups, Spanish groups, uh, different advocacy uh, teams in New York City that were able to reach out to specific linguistic groups and allow them to vote on various things, again, prior to the real primary. And so people weren't seeing that ballot for the first time and going, well, what's this? Um, they, had, they had seen it a couple of times before. Beyond the languages, uh, one of the really cool things that they did was run these kind of fun contests that resonated with the community. So the first one they did was a favorite New York City landmark. So like Brooklyn Bridge, Statue of Liberty. What was cool about it is that the way they distributed it or marketed it was with QR codes at newsstands and bus stops across the city. So think about it. You're in New York. You're waiting to catch a bus. It's five minutes late. There's this QR code and you're like, what's this about? And it loads up RankVote, which works on your phone. Nothing to download, just right in the browser. And people were able to use with their finger on their phone, something that was 99% accurate to what the ballot would look like when they got there for real. 
And so thousands of people did that. And then the other one that they did um, was a pizza topping contest. And the winning result would be put on a pizza and eaten by Bill de Blasio. And I'm like, okay, sounds interesting. What I didn't know is that he apparently had this whole gaffe and snafu around New York style pizza. He ate it the wrong way. And so pizza and him was a thing that people were really tuned in to like kind of be excited about. And so tens of thousands of people voted in that one. Pepperoni ends up winning. And Bill de Blasio eats a pepperoni pizza on live TV that's kind of broadcast across the across the city. And so what was particularly great about that is that it's relevant to the community. Like there is a reason for people to be kind of tuned into it. And uh, he, he actually fulfilled the promise. He ate the, ate the pizza. But what was really impactful in terms of voter education is that, again, because there was this snafu before, right, the media is tuned into it as well. And so this got picked up in Gothamist. It got picked up in local TV stations. And so there was also this huge earned media effect around that particular contest that ranked vote happened to be the way that they ran it. But I really give kudos to the team there of constructing something. uh, And this to any listeners that are in similar positions, like what are those contests that you can run that are authentic to your uh, location that then have this ability to kind of get picked up in local newspapers, get picked up in local media, because that's going to be where you get that real amplifying effect. Absolutely. Okay. So, you know, I have to ask, what are your top three pizza toppings? I typically go with a sausage, green pepper, and onion pizza. Hmm, That sounds pretty good. I I tend to like pepperoni and mushroom and onion. So similar, similar. Yeah. Close, but not not quite the same. Yeah, um, we should run that that contest again and see among the um, RCV folks who, what what the pizza should be like. <laughs> so, New York City, very successful use of RankedVote.co. Where else did RankedVote.co get used? So it's great, right? You, if you can get it to work in New York City, you can get it to work anywhere, right? And uh, was thrilled again to have the Division of Elections in Alaska reach out saying like, hey, can you do this? And what was a little bit different there was they have the sort of final five styles, top four, but this open primary that then leads into a ranked choice general. And so uh, again, kind of fleshed out the platform a bit more so that this could really be a, a accurate representation of what voters would experience. So uh, worked on building out the platform a little bit. They, um, as we can see from the results of how things went in Alaska, just operationally in probably the most difficult geography to pull it off, like things went incredibly well. And that's a testament to, to Gail and Tiffany, who are just fantastic humans and have done an amazing job. And so these conversations started in 2021, like a full 18 months before the um, November general. Uh, that was that was going to happen, uh, and the originally scheduled kind of August August primary, and so we've been working for a long time on different ways to to educate voters. I think one of the coolest things that they did while using Ranked Vote was that they ran a art contest with elementary school students across the state, and the art contest was to decide what would be the I voted sticker. I love the I voted sticker. Whenever I vote, I wear that on my shirt for like three days after and you know it's got the flag and it's blue and it says i voted and i just like feel all that civic pride as so many people do when they get that sticker but little you know alaska now has the best i voted stickers in the country hands down because they were made by kids all across the state i'm looking at i know it's a it's a podcast but can't see on video 
I'm looking at one. They, they sent me some of the winning results, um, but it's an octopus or a squid. I, I know more about computers than I do marine animals, but it's, it's got tentacles and it's saying I voted. And that is a sticker that people in Alaska got as a result of this contest that they did on ranked vote. And now again, this contest, kids submitted from across the state. They put that into a primary that uh, you know had 10, 12 options for each region. People voted on those, picked one, just like they do for the Alaska primary. The top four winners then went to a ranked choice general. And there was another round of voting and all sorts of publicity and, and reach out about that. And then the winners of those uh, um, ranked choice elections in each region became the stickers. So really great, great way to educate voters on what they're going to see. Great way to get the next generation involved in something related to civics. I mean, just like phenomenal across the, across the board. And as a result of it, thousands of people in a state of 500,000 people did the primary, did the ranked choice voting prior to doing it for real. And um, it was a lot of fun and just so happy to have been a small part of the very successful voter education campaign they ran there. There's so many things I love about Alaska's implementation, and you're right. Um, Gail and her team just did a phenomenal job. Um, we loved working with them, working with some of the advocates in Alaska as well. Um, but but I do think there is so much value in involving school children, whether they're elementary, middle school, high school, more in the civic process. Um, I think you know sometimes we move away from that. We've we've been so focused on you know the science, technology, math. English over the last, you know, 15, 20 years that we sometimes we forget that that civic education is so critical. And what better way than to involve them actually in the process of making the I voted sticker? Because I feel like you, I wear my I voted sticker. I take a picture of it. I take a selfie with it. You know, I get one for my kids. Um, I've always taken my children to the polls with me, even when they were little bitty, um, to make sure that they, you know, understood that importance. So um, I love that that was what rankedvote.co was actually used for in Alaska. So you've done so many awesome things since we started this, this journey with you all those years ago, I think back in 2020s when we connected, maybe or maybe even earlier. Um, so what's next for rankedvote.co? Definitely keeps me busy. And it's a, you know, not just a passion project, but a, a business as well and, and a growing one, which is fantastic as, uh, you know, as the movement grows, uh, it grows as well, which is a, a great place to be. Um, I think the most interesting thing that actually was just released a couple of weeks ago is a Chrome extension. So if you've ever used anything like Honey or Grammarly, uh, you can go to the Chrome web store and install these things called extensions, which sort of give your browser a new power. And uh, what the Ranked Vote Chrome extension does is allow you to take data that's in Google Sheets and visualize it in Ranked Vote. So Ranked Vote's results page has this dynamic visualization that shows the eliminations and the vote redistributions. It has a plain English area that explains the results and available in now about 24 languages, the 17 from New York, as well as six different Alaska native languages. Uh, and then it has a detailed breakdown of the, the round by round results. The whole idea being that, you know, the Ranked Choice Voting Resource Center or Fair Vote or these other people that can explain what's going on can't always be there. The app can explain that. Um, so anyway, the extension allows you to get the data out of Google Sheets and then visualize it in, in Ranked Vote. Now, pretty much everyone and every software company 
either uses Google Sheets or integrates with it. And so what's exciting about this Chrome extension is that effectively what this does is add a ranked choice voting capability to Google Forms, to SurveyMonkey, to like, if you can get the data into Google Sheets, then you can then visualize that ranked choice data with ranked vote. So uh, the most common use case is people who are using Google Forms. And, um, you know, with ranked vote, I said before, like, you know, anything you want as long as it's ranked choice voting, right? There's no ability to create a yes or no question or have someone enter their email address or something like that. With Google Forms, you can create as many different fields as you want. And you can also use this multiple choice grid that looks eerily familiar to a ranked choice voting grid. And uh, there's a, a how-to on the Ranked Vote website of how you configure things in this way. But basically, you can now use Google Forms to ask whatever questions you want, including ranked choice questions, and then use Ranked Vote to do the calculation, right? Um, I would not recommend people doing ranked choice calculations by hands in spreadsheets unless they've got a lot of hours on their time. Easy for computers to do, not easy for humans. Um, so... That would be a thing to check out. Um, so if you're using Google Chrome, you click on extensions or you go to the Chrome web store, search for ranked choice or ranked choice voting, and it'll come up and you can install it and try it out. That's really exciting. I'm going to have to take a look at that because, um, you know, we've we have in the past before we were connected with your product um, run ranked choice voting contest using a Google form. Um, it took a long time to tabulate. You're right. But, you know, there are some jurisdictions who still hand count. So that's that's an interesting discussion about, you know, is that a barrier or not? It depends on how many voters you have, right? But, but wow, I can't wait to try that out. So that's going to be my, um, my next way we use it, I think. Fantastic. Anything else that we haven't talked about with rankedvote.co? There's so, this is such a great story. I love, I think, hearing people's stories and how they're impacting the work we do is it's some of my favorite things to do in this job. Um, anything else that you want to share with us about the platform before we move on to our last question? Mainly just go to the website and, and try it out. Use it for something. Just start making ranked choice voting part of your day to day. If you have been thinking of this as like a, you know, only an election year sort of topic, it's not. It's a decision-making tool, and it can show up in your life on a daily basis. And I hope the software that I've created makes it easier for you to do that. So please give it a try. Absolutely. And we'll make sure that the link to that is on the episode homepage so that people can easily click on that. You don't have to memorize rankedvote.co, although it's super easy to remember. Um, <laughs> one more question. Do, do you have to make an account to use rankedvote.co? Uh, you need to create an account to be able to create your own decision or contest or election. But uh, again, because this was created with an eye towards voter education, right? When for people to participate, they don't have to download anything. They don't have to enter anything. Um, if you're running a controlled contest in a group, there are ways for you to like only these certain email addresses can participate. But the default is that you create an account, real easy to set up your uh, contest, and then people can just vote by giving them a link. They don't have to verify their email address. They don't have to install an app. Um, it's, you know, the shorthand that I use is, uh, can my parents who are in their 70s, can my parents use this from their phone? And uh, that is true. That is the kind of bar I aim for in terms of easy use. Absolutely. So we always like to end with this question. 
Describe your experience in creating RankedVote.co in three words or less. Unexpected impact. I guess that's two. Wonderful unexpected impact. Uh, I love it. And I did say or less, to be fair. So, <laughs> <laughs> But no, like, like so many things in life, you maybe get an idea and you have a theory of the case for how it could play out. And this has just been one of those rare times, definitely had my share of setbacks um, and failed businesses beforehand. But um, there was a theory of the case that this could help spread the word about ranked choice voting. And that seems to be the case. Again, looking at the numbers just before coming in, 6,400 people voted yesterday, right? That'd be 2 million people over the course of this year, right? That's that's having an impact, a really small way, but a really small way, a couple millions of times adds up. And it um, didn't necessarily have to turn out that way and still a lot of room to grow. But um, that really has been the experience for me so far, just this really wonderful, unexpected impact. That's so exciting. And we look forward to continuing our partnership with you and um, seeing what rankvote.co has to offer in the future. Thank you so much, Tad, for joining us today. Thank you for having me. Always fun. And now for this month's final round, where we share an interesting bit of trivia, a useful tidbit, or something we just thought was cool for folks to know about ranked choice voting. Here's Chris Hughes with this month's final round. Did you know that dozens of cities will hold ranked choice voting elections this year? While most people think of elections as happening in even-numbered years, many cities and counties in the United States hold their elections in odd years. And with RCV on the books in more than 60 cities, that means plenty of odd-year ranked-choice voting elections. Arlington County, Virginia, will use RCV for the first time this June. New York City will hold its second set of RCV elections that same month. And Cambridge, Massachusetts will use proportional ranked-choice voting for the 41st time this November. Not to mention another 30 cities throughout Colorado, Massachusetts, Minnesota, New Mexico, Vermont, and Utah. This commitment to local democracy makes it this month's final round. Thank you for joining us today for our January 2023 RCV Clips episode produced by the Ranked Choice Voting Resource Center. You can find our show anywhere you listen to podcasts. Make sure to subscribe to the show for the latest episodes and updates, and take a minute to rate and review us on your favorite podcast platform. For more information about RCVRC and Ranked Choice Voting, check out our website at www.rcvresources.org. The production of this podcast is supported by the generosity of our donors. Donations can be made directly on the website or by texting donate RCV, all caps and all one word, to 51555. Please don't hesitate to contact us with any donation questions at donate at rcvresources.org. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at RCV Resources and on Facebook and LinkedIn at Ranked Choice Voting Resource Center. Be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel at RCVRC. If you have a few minutes, fill out the listener survey linked in the show notes for this episode. The survey is short and will only take a few minutes of your time. We'd love to hear your feedback and ideas. Thank you. Our theme music today is Flutterbee by Poddington Bear. Until next time, I'm Kelly on behalf of the Ranked Choice Voting Resource Center.